This is the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. This is where it all counts. This is why we're here. This is why each one of us are here. And now, here's your host. Welcome back to another edition of the Saturday to Sunday Football Podcast. I am Paul Pertichese, and thank you for joining me as always. The NFL season continues with OTAs. Rookie minicamps are in the book. Most teams will have their minicamps next week and then take a hiatus to the summer when training kicks, training camps kick off late July, early August. But here at Saturday Sunday, we continue to dissect every single angle from the 2023 NFL Draft, from a real-life NFL perspective, from a fantasy-slash-dynasty perspective. Over the last couple episodes, I shared my Dynasty Rookie Ranking tiers, I shared my IDP Rookie Rankings, and also blended it together with my offensive players to kind of talk through what my rookie big board would look like for blended offense and defense. And what I'm going to do tonight is is an activity I did a couple years ago, did not get a chance to do it last year, is blend together the 2022 rookie class as they now enter their sophomore seasons in the NFL with the 2023 rookie class. So things that you can use these rankings for. If you still have your rookie drafts, I know rookie drafts start up right after the NFL draft, but some people, they continue through the entire summer until August at different times. Otherwise, you can use these rankings for just discussing trades. I'm going to have an episode where I go through my updated positional overall dynasty rankings by position, and you'll see where these youngsters fit in there. But tonight's just ranking the 2022 class, now entering their second NFL season Versus the 2023 class. Because I do sometimes think that people overvalue the new class and it provides some potential value from the previous class. And people who were really high on last year, sometimes people sour on them very quickly and they could be had for, you know, a clear round or less rookie draft pick compared to where they you know teams invested those player in those players just a year ago so if you're watching on youtube i have the screen share up sharing my rankings these are in the ss premium rankings notebook but i'm going to talk for him here tonight explaining my thought process and sharing the ranks as well so let's jump right into it at the quarterback position obviously this was a unique situation because last year we didn't have a strong quarterback class we didn't have anything near the top of the draft kenny pickett was the only round one quarterback last year before we had that trio in the third round but going into right now, I would still clearly rank Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud as one, two, three. But then I would slide in at number four, Kenny Pickett at number four, Brock Purdy at number five, Desmond Ritter at number six. Before then, I bounce back to the current class, which would have Will Levis at seven, Hendon Hooker at eight, and then Sam Howell at nine. So. You know, no real discussion needed at the top. I was not a big Kenny Pickett fan. I thought his first year was average, but he was a first-round pick. He's going to have a couple years to prove himself. You know, Pittsburgh has a good supporting cast there with Deontay uh, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, uh, Najee Harris. They upgraded the offensive line a little bit, so he's set up there. So for me, picking Pickett 
after that first three was very easy. It was Richardson, it was Young, it was Stroud. And then I think Pickett, because he's locked in, and I think Pittsburgh will give him a couple years. Uh, so we're talking about a guy who probably, you know, would be a QB2 in, in Superflex or two quarterback leagues. So Pickett would be that. The uncertainty with the San Francisco situation, is it Brock Purdy's? Is Trey Lance out? Like, if we knew, if I knew Brock Purdy was going to be the opening day starter, for the 49ers, that setup, that scheme, that offense, I think I'd actually even have Purdy ahead of Kenny Pickett on this because I, I think Kenny Pickett is who he is. I mean, obviously, Brock Purdy surprised us all, but I believe in that Shanahan scheme. I believe in, in how they put their playmakers in positions to be successful. I love the trio of, you know, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. George Kittle, and then you got Christian McCaffrey. I think whoever the quarterback of the 49ers is, they are set up to have some fantasy viability. So if I knew Purdy was going to be the guy this year, he'd be ahead of Kenny Pickett. Desmond Ritter is next for me. Uh, I don't think he's going to be asked to pass a lot, but they have surrounded him with a potential elite supporting cast, a great O-line play. So I think if you combine his rushing capabilities with the offensive weapons he has, I, I like the setup there that that's why I have him ahead of Will Levis and Hendon Hooker. Will Levis won the second round. I expect him to get the reins from Ryan Tannehill sooner rather than later. But at the same time, I had some questions about his ability to translate at the next level. He doesn't have the setup of a Brock Birdie. He doesn't have the draft capital and the weapons of Kenny Pickett, and he doesn't have the setup either of Desmond Ritter, who I think is going to get every opportunity uh, for at least this year, if not, you know, and if he's successful, maybe even two years. So I went with the three guys from the 2022 class and Pickett, Purdy, and Ritter before Will Levis because we don't know when he's going to get the job. We don't know the transition. They don't have a lot of offensive playmakers there who are proven. Young guys, a couple of them who I like a lot, and I'll talk about a couple of them tonight. Uh, But that's where I I go with Levis 7, Hendon Hooker 8, and then Sam Howell 9. I'm not as a big believer in Sam Howell. I know he's getting the starting gig, and Hooker, you're going to have to wait a little bit. But I also just love the setup there in Detroit that if for some reason Jared Goff isn't the quarterback a year from now and it's Hendon Hooker, I would feel much higher on him than I would Sam Howell. So I know if you needed a guy right now, sure, Sam Howell would be the guy who's going to get an opportunity to start where I don't think Hendon Hooker sees the field this year. So I get that perspective. But if we're thinking long-term, if we're thinking dynasty, I think Hendon Hooker's ceiling is higher than Sam Howell. Uh, so that's why I would have Hendon Hooker there and Sam Howell rounding it out. I only went nine deep because I think all the other guys are just kind of stashes. The odds of them getting a real shot, I think, are pretty low. You know, Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Jaron Hall, Jake Hayner. I mean, those guys would just kind of all, you know, round out, let's say, the top 15. Those guys who were the third round, the rest of the third round picks last year. And then the guys who were the fourth round picks this year would make up like that next five or six names if we stretched this out to 15. So I kind of wanted to stop there at nine. You have the big three from this year. Then Pickett, Purdy, Ritter, then Levis, Hooker, and Howell, and a little bit my reasoning there. I think Levis' natural talent, I think I like his natural talent more than Kenny Pickett, Purdy, or Ritter, but there are still question marks. He fell to the second round. The good is good. The bad is bad. I've said it before. Carson Wentz, Jake Cutler is who he reminds me of. Those other guys, though, Pickett's a little bit more stable, and he's going to get, I think, a good few more years in Pittsburgh. Purdy and Ritter 
are set up in really pristine situations for different reasons. Like Purdy, it's more of the play calling Kyle Shanahan with good playmakers for sure who do things after the catch that won't ask Purdy to do a lot in terms of pushing the ball vertically down the field. And then Ritter, you know, between B. John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and I think Arthur Smith is a good play caller. He could be set up there also in a very friendly scheme. The question mark is obviously volume and stuff like that. But, you know, that could be a question mark for Purdy as well. It could be a question mark for Will Levis if he was to take over and Derrick Henry is still there. So there's question marks on all of them. So I went with the guys who I think will be starting this year and picking Purdy and Ritter before Will Levis, who might have to wait a little bit, doesn't have a great supporting cast around him right now. Uh, so that's kind of how I ranked those four. But I think those would be the four. If people want to mix and match, I could see people ranking Pickett, Purdy, Ritter, Levis in a variety of ways. Uh, and then I do think Howell and Hooker should be the last two in this top nine. And I think those could be interchanged. But I went with the guy who I had a higher grade on coming out of college. I liked him more as a player. Uh, and I think he's in a better situation there in that what they're building there with the Lions. Uh, I think he's set up to be a little bit more successful. He can have a little bit more uh, touchdown rushing capabilities. I think Sam Howell's got good athleticism too to be a, a little bit of a weapon in, in the run game as well. But I could see Hendon Hooker, you know, if his injury and his knee hold up, he could be a guy who's a, who's a dangerous, you know, red zone runner, goal line runner, uh, in a way almost like Dante Culpepper was once upon a time. So that's how I, I kind of went with Hooker there over Howell. If we take this over to the running backs and combine in the 2022 and 2023 rookie classes, I think the top is obviously easy. It's B. John Robinson. And then I think it's a little bit interesting because you got Brees Hall coming back off of injury, but he had a great year. And then I went him too. And then I would have had Kenneth Walker third if it wasn't for the Zach Charbonnet selection by Seattle. But I think that opens up enough curiosity in terms of how that situation plays itself out that I would rank Jameer Gibbs ahead of Kenneth Walker if I was doing these rankings blended together. So my top four there is clearly Bijan Robinson, Brees Hall, Jameer Gibbs, Kenneth Walker, two from the 2022 class, two from the 2023 class. After that, I chose to go with three guys from the 2022 class, over the 2023 class, I think their roles are a little bit more certain and stabilized. And I think their talent and upside is on the same level of the three guys from the 2023 class. So for me, I have Rashad White, five, Damian Pierce, six, James Cook, seven. And then I have Devin A. Chain, Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet, the three from this year. So here's my thought process a little bit. I like a guy like Rashad White. I think he's got a three-down skill set. I still think his bread and butter is the passing game. I think that's where he's still going to make his best um, his best self in terms of the NFL, in terms of the value he brings, is as, as a really prolific pass catcher. But right now, he's also set up to get a pretty heavy workload in terms of the run game uh, as well. So for me, he's five. Damian Pierce, six. Damian Pierce, Zach Charbonnet, don't think there's a lot of difference between them. I thought their talent was pretty comparable in terms of their skill sets. I didn't think Zach Charbonnet was a second round pick. I thought he was more of a, a mid to late third round pick. 
I thought that's where Damian Pierce deserved to go. Damian Pierce has the alley as the lead guy in Houston, and I think Houston will start to turn things around this year. They have a really good offensive line. If C.J. Stroud could give them good quarterback play, I think you could see a lot more touchdown equity potentially for Damian Pierce. So for me, having Damian Pierce ahead of Zach Charbonnet was an easy call. I think, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty with Charbonnet. He has the draft capital. Some people loved him as a prospect. I, I like, didn't love. Uh, but I just, you know, with Kenneth Walker there, I just, I don't see an opportunity for him to carry nearly as heavy a workload as Damian Pierce might have. And then James Cook, right now, unless Buffalo gets Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, his brother, which would be fascinating. But, you know, I think right now it's open for him to be one of the lead guys in that backfield. I do think Damian Harris is going to have a pretty good year, but I think James Cook, you know, I have Devin Achain right behind him. I think James Cook and Devin Achain could get equitable rushing potential, provided Dalvin Cook is in neither of those locations. But I think James Cook has potential to be a great receiving back. I think Devin Achain could probably be a good receiving back. But I think James Cook was, I thought James Cook was the best receiving back in the class last year, him and Rashad White, and they're both on this list. I just think the roles of Rashad White, Damian Pierce, and James Cook are a little bit more solidified than Devin H. and Kendrick Miller and Zach Charbonnet. If Charbonnet ended up going somewhere that wasn't where Kent Walker was, he'd be much higher on this list. Uh, Devin A. Chain, he's, his body type probably screams out, just like James Cook, that he's probably never going to be a true bell cow. But right now, I'd prefer the pass-catching upside of James Cook than I would the explosive playmaking ability of Devin A. Chain. Uh, I think James Cook has some explosiveness to him as well. I just think James Cook has the... I think he's got a better chance of being more of a weapon in the past game than Devin A. Chain is. And then Kendra Miller is a little bit uncertainty right there. We don't know how long Alvin Kamara is going to be suspended. We don't know if this is last year in New Orleans. We don't know how much they want to use uh, Kendra Miller this year. Do they want to use Jamal Williams a lot? So I have Kendra Miller still ahead of Zach Charbonnet because I think the path to maybe being the lead guy there is easier for him than it is for Charbonnet. Uh, but I think the three from last year, Rashad White, Pierce, and Cook, are just in better situations right now to feel safe about. I don't think the talent for any of these is all that different. So right now I'm going by opportunity, and I think the opportunity for White, Pierce, and Cook is greater than A.J. and Kendra Miller and Zach Charbonnet. So if I'm in a rookie draft right now and the pick seems to be Devin A.J. and Kendra Miller or Zach Charbonnet, I'm going to touch base with the owners of Rashad White, Damian Pierce, and James Cook and make sure that I can't make that swap. Let's say I'm in there and it's the 10th pick of a rookie draft and I'm thinking about you know Charbonnet or A-Chain or Miller for me they'd be a little bit further down the rank so maybe in that 12 to 14 range I'm looking at those guys and you know if I'm on the clock I might shoot an offer to the guy who has James Cook the guy who has Damian Pierce the guy who has Rashad White because I think I'd rather those guys slightly than A-Chain, Kendra Miller and Zach Charbonnet right after that it's another group that I think is very close hit here I have these, the seventh rounder from last year, Isaiah Pacheco, who took over the lead reins of that Kansas City backfield, but he was a seventh round pick. We know KC likes to mix and match their running backs. Jared McKinnon has had a huge role every year. I just don't feel as certain that the Chiefs aren't going to make an investment at the running back position, whether it's a trade during the year, whether it's another earlier draft pick next year or a free agent. Uh, so for me, I have him there. I think I'd rather... A-Chain, Kendra Miller, Zach Charbonnet, buying the the talent 
of those guys and the draft capital over Pacheco. But at the same time, I would put Pacheco before I'd go to the next wave of the 2023 running backs, which is Roshan Johnson, Ty J. Spears, Tank Bigsby. All of those guys are intriguing to me. They're either a third or fourth round draft capital. Roshan Johnson could develop into the starter there for Chicago. Tank Bigsby could become a 50-50 type, you know, work, uh, work share there uh, with Travis Etienne. Uh, Ty J. Spears kind of has to wait his turn a little bit there, but if they move on from Tennessee, he could, you know, he can be a major impact player in both the run game and the pass game. So I had Pacheco there at 11, followed by Roshan Johnson, 12, Ty J. Spears, 13, Tank Bigsby, 14. I do have all of those guys from this year's draft class, Roshan Johnson, Ty J. Spears, and Tank Bigsby, ahead of last year's third-round pick, Brian Robinson, uh, who went to the Commanders. The reason for that is, is I like the talent better of Johnson, Spears, and Bigsby. You know, in terms of my film eval over Brian Robinson, I also think the situation for Brian Robinson is all not that different. I just laid out in Chicago, they signed Dante Foreman to a one-year deal. They have Khalil Herbert there. Derrick Henry's still in Tennessee, but I, I see the path opening there. And Tank Bigsby's got a great young running back ahead of him in Travis Etienne. But Brian Robinson is kind of in this weird timeshare uh, you know, they have Antonio Gibson who kind of worked his way out of the doghouse at the latter part of last year, uh, who's going to be involved in the pass game a lot. They are talking up Chris Rodriguez a lot, who is a sixth round pick this year, but new offensive coordinator Egg Enemy really wanted him. So I think Brian Robinson's kind of in a mix there of, of potentially a two or three way committee. So for me, I'd much rather gamble on the upside of Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears or Tank Bigsby. Over Brian Robinson, I do think Brian Robinson in you know in half PPR might have a little bit more value. I have question marks about Sam Howell, so for me he he'd be fifteenth on this list. After that, then I went with Chase Brown and Eric Gray from this year's running back class. Obviously, we know the story on both those guys. I've talked about them a lot. Joe Mixon's long-term status in Cincinnati unknown. Saquon Barkley's short-term and long-term, uh, you know ability in terms of availability for the Giants is in question, right? We don't know that. So that's why I have Brown and Gray where I have them. Then I have Zach Evans uh, and Dwayne McBride. I think Zach Evans is still, I don't think the Rams are all that in on Cam Akers. So could a guy like Zach Evans as a sixth round pick get an opportunity? Dwayne McBride, obviously today the, the Minnesota Vikings officially announced that they are going to release Dalvin Cook. Maybe they haven't made it a formality yet because they're still trying to trade him. But if they can't, it's it's a, it's he's just going to be flat out cut. You know, can Dwayne McBride jump over a guy like Ty Chandler, who's a little bit further down this list? Uh, we'll see. I, I like Dwayne McBride's talent. I like Ty Chandler last year, but but I do think uh, McBride could be an interesting guy there. It's amazing that 20, a guy who rushed for 1,000 yards in his rookie season, is down there, Tyler Algier. But listen, he's got three years left on his rookie contract, and he's going to be playing behind B. John Robinson. I know Atlanta likes to run the ball, but they didn't just invest in B. John Robinson as the eighth pick in the draft to have another guy getting eight to ten carries a game. So I, I just don't see with Tyler Algier, and, and he's not going to be using the pass game. So, you know, just like when the Giants drafted Saquon Barkley, they were going to feed him, feed him, and feed him. They're going to do the same thing with B. John Robinson. So while Tyler Algier, based on his rookie year, should be at least five or six spots ahead of this, I just have a lot of question marks on whether or not he's really going to get an opportunity, you know, without an injury to B. John to have any fantasy viability. I see a path where Dwayne McBride could, you know, supersede, you know, Alexander Madison either during this year or next year. I see a path for Zach Evans to do that to Cam Akers. You know, we see an uncertain situation with Joe Mixon and Saquon Barkley. 
What's the story for Tyler Algier? Unless it's a B. John injury, I just don't see any real path in the next couple of years for him to be fantasy viable without an injury. I have Zamir White at 21st. You know, we'll see if Josh Jacobs is there long term. I think last year, Zamir White had a lot more buzz because it didn't seem like Josh Jacobs would be back. They had declined his fifth year option. Uh, so I think that's an interesting scenario. And then Chris Rodriguez, I talked about him before. I have him at 22. Pierre Strong Jr. at 23. Israel Abaconda at 24. Then I have Ty Chandler and Jerome Ford. I think both of those are interesting guys. Right now, Jerome Ford is is slated to be the backup to Nick Chubb. Obviously, if Chubb was to go down, Ford would be an interesting player. And then Ty Chandler, you know, I don't I don't think he's in the mix to to be a significant part of that Minnesota backfield. I think they want to give Alexander Madison a real shot here. And they think he can be the guy. And then we'll see about McBride and Chandler after him. Uh, but he's sitting there at 25 as well. A little bit of an interesting stash. I wouldn't, wouldn't mind getting him on some dynasty teams. Uh, the, the price should be cheap. The price probably will be cheaper than Dwayne McBride, who, who's a little bit more, uh, you know, a guy that people liked in the pre-draft process. So I, I would, I would recommend trying to, you know, take your fourth or fifth round rookie pick and, and see if you can turn it into Ty Chandler. I think that would be, you know, good value. If we take this over to the wide receivers, uh, at the top is a five guys from last year's class before we mix in Jackson Smith and the Jigba and then a couple spots later Jordan Addison Zay Flowers so let me go through uh, my top 10 a little bit and then and maybe top yeah a little bit I'll go for my top 12 because I feel like my top 12 is kind of needs to be explained together I have Garrett Wilson at number one Chris Olave at number two Drake London at number three Traylon Burks at number four Jamison Williams at number five Jackson Smith and the Jigba at number six Jahan Dotson at number seven, Jordan Addison at eight, Zay Flowers at nine, Christian Watson at 10, George Pickens at 11, and Quinton Johnston at 12. So we have mixed in there all of the first round wide receivers from last year, all of the first round wide receivers from this year, and then also two second round picks last year in Christian Watson and George Pickens. So for me, Based on the landing spot of Jackson Smith and the Jigba, I had went on record that just on film eval alone, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, you know, uh, based on his ability to probably just be a slot only, was probably somewhere in that third or fourth wide receiver on film compared to last year's guys. Then when he ends up in Seattle with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, for me, easily Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, and Drake London would be my one, two, three. I always have been a fan of Traylon Burks. I still think he could be a very good player. We saw him win on the outside a lot last year and vertically down the field. I wasn't sure that that was going to be something in the cards, especially in his rookie year. So I'm intrigued by his long-term outlook that he could be a legit number one outside wide receiver that you can move around and do all different things to. So I have him at four. I was a huge Jamison Williams fan last year, pre-draft and even post-draft, even when I knew he was going to miss time. I love Jamison Williams. I think in that Lions offense with the attention, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown's going to get, I think Jamison Williams could be a major impact player uh, once he's fully, you know, now he's got the suspension this year. But once he gets fully integrated in that offense, I think he could become an explosive playmaker and it could be a 1A, 1B type, you know, thing there between him and Amon Ross St. Brown. 
But if somebody wants to put Jackson Smith in the Jigba ahead of Jamison Williams, I'm right there. I, I could totally understand that. I love Jackson Smith in the Jigba. I've compared him to Cooper Cup. Uh, if he ever becomes that type of volume wide receiver for Seattle, he probably belongs ahead of Jamison Williams. But right now, with DK and Tyler Dare, uh, I, I, I went with the big playability of Jamison Williams over Jackson Smith and the Jigba. For me, the next guys closely knit together, Jahan Dotson, Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers. I love Jahan Dotson last year. On film coming out, I think I like Jordan Addison, Zay Flowers a tad more, like a real tad. But we've already seen Jahan Dotson at the NFL level be successful. He's a guy that is, shows has shown the ability to win at all three levels. I know Matt Harmon said he was very impressed with him in his reception perception. I look forward to getting Matt on the show and talking about some of these second-year wide receivers for sure. So I would have Jahan Dotson at seven and then, you know, Addison and Flowers. I went with Addison and Flowers ahead of Christian Watson and George Pickens because I do have some concerns on those guys. I think the Christian Watson hype is a little too much. I think he is not a complete wide receiver. I think he's a little feast or famine. If you told me he's going to be a better version of Marquez Valdez-Scantling or he's going to be the best year we saw out of Martavius Bryant, I think that's more the path for a guy like Christian Watson. I think Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers are more... Guys who can win at all three levels of the field, be much more higher volume type wide receivers than a guy like Christian Watson. You know, even right now, there's been a lot of hype on Romeo Dobbs. There's been hype on Jaden Reed. We don't know what the the post-Aaron Rodgers and then now the Jordan Love Green Bay offense is going to look like. So I think there's some question marks there with Christian Watson and then even George Pickens. I like George Pickens a lot. I liked him coming out last year. But I think there's some question marks at, you know, at his refinement and development and, and, you know, how good he can be in terms of a complete player. So I still preferred Addison and Flowers ahead of Watson and Pickens. And then for me, I have my question marks on Quinton Johnston. So for me, I'll, I'll slide in Watson and Pickens at 10 and 11 and then Quinton Johnston after that. If I was up in a rookie draft and, you know, the best guy on the board was Quinton Johnston. I'd probably touch base with the owners of, you know, Jahan Dotson, Christian Watson, and George Pickens. If any of them valued Quinton Johnston more than Dotson, uh, Watson, or Pickens, I'd pull the trigger. I'd give up Quinton Johnson and I'd take Jahan Dotson, uh, Watson, or Pickens. Again, I think it's all a preference thing based on rankings that are out there. I don't think Christian Watson's would be plausible. Uh, Pickens and Dotson, you might be able to get in a trade. Uh, for the pick that would become Quinton Johnston. After that, it's really heavy towards this year's wide receiver class. I have John Domingo at 13, Jaden Reed at 14, Josh Downs at 15, Jalen Hyde at 16, Rishi Rice at 17, Marvin Mims at 18, Tank Dell at 19. So I have all those day two wide receivers from this year before I bring into the mix Wondell Robinson and Sky Moore. Now, Wondell Robinson, I thought last year, was a guy who was going too far in rookie drafts. I was scooping him up everywhere. I thought the Giants had big plans for him. That ACL injury really, to me, puts a little bit of a damper on this. Is he ready for the start of this year? Uh, the trade for Darren Waller, the drafting of Jalen Hyatt, the emergence of uh, Isaiah Hodgins, the re-signing of Darius Slayton, a very, all of a sudden from last year, a wide open depth chart, now a much more crowded pass catcher, a guy who's going to make his living in the slot. 
not a big play explosive threat, not a guy like Tank Dell, who I think can make some big explosive plays. Wandell's going to be more a guy that moves the change, makes people misses, but I, I don't think we're looking at like 50-yard touchdowns from Wandell. I think we're looking at like 15-yard catches, 12-yard catches, end the rounds, jet sweeps. So I thought his path last year to being a really viable high-end fantasy player was high volume, 90 catches, 100 catches. To me, that's the only way Wandell ever ever touches that wide receiver two, like low wide receiver two or wide receiver three border was on heavy volume. I'm just not sure that's there anymore. So for me, I think I pushed him down the board a little bit with the injury, the more crowded room in terms of possible options uh and not a guy who's going to be a big touchdown guy and i don't think he's a big play guy i think he needs heavy heavy volume not sure that's the path right now in his role for the Giants, especially come back from injury and then sky Moore, i i pushed back last year said he was way too high in the rankings they went out and made another investment they traded a, a third round pick for Gadarius tony because they still thought he was around one talent they drafted a, a wide receiver in the second round they moved up to get Rishi rice i think if they were really sold on sky Moore. They'd have they would have been less inclined to do that. So for me, right now, Wandell and Sky Moore last year, they, round two guys, they get pushed down the board just a little to kind of see these new guys in action, and then we see how these guys, how Wandell comes back from his off, his injury and integrates back into the Giants' offense, and then what is the role for Sky Moore? Does KC envision a, a three wide receiver set of you know Marquez Valdez Scantling on one side? Uh, Rishi Rice, the, the bigger guy on the other side, and then maybe Kadarius Tony doing all different things. Are, is Sky Moore going to be number four in the wide receiver depth chart? And then also Travis Kelsey. They run a ton of two, two tight end sets. So I think there's a lot more uncertainty. If somebody wants to have Sky Moore a little bit higher ahead of Wondell Robinson or ahead of Tank Dell or ahead of, you know, Marvin Mims right there next to Rishi Rice, I can totally get that. You know, I, I think those guys are very interchangeable. And even number 22, Cedric Tillman, you know, he's right there too. Uh, we'll see if Cleveland is to get, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. I think that really hurts Cedric Tillman. I think it hurts Elijah Moore's dynasty value. So we'll see there. And then 23, I have John Mechie. And, and, and Mechie's a little bit of a wild card, right? We don't know him coming back from his illness last year. Uh, he's, this is his rookie year. So, like, where does he kind of fit in this pecking order? I kind of put him right there. If somebody wanted to have him a little bit higher, they could. You know, Houston did just go out and get tanked out. So they have a couple young wide receivers. They have Nico Collins. I still think they're very much will be in the market for an alpha number one wide receiver next offseason or via trade. Uh, so, you know, he kind of gets put in there just to kind of see him coming off, coming back from this, you know, illness and, and, you know, just to see how he, how he plays and how he responds and, and, and what the role for him is there. But I really do think after like from 15 where I have Josh Downs, to 23 where I have John Mechie. I think I, I really like Jaden Reed. He's got the draft capital, the three down, the three level versatility. Uh, for me, from 15 to 23, and I'll read it again. Downs, Hyatt, Rishi Rice, Marvin Mims, Tankdale, Wondell Robinson, Sky Moore, Cedric Tillman, and John Mechie. They are very interchangeable. You can mix that up and, and put that in any order you want and make a strong case for it. So I think those guys are very comparable. Uh, at 24, I have Romeo Dobbs. Some people probably have him ahead of this. I know he had some moments last year. I still have my doubts. I think Jaden Reed's going to eventually work his way into being on the field on two down set, wide receiver sets. And then Romeo Dobbs will be off the field and only come on the field when it's three wide. 
I, I like Romeo Dobbs, the player. I liked him last year. I, I think now the hype might be a little bit too high for him. So I have him there at 24. Uh, Alec Pierce at 25. And then Tyquan Thornton. I, I'm interested in Tyquan Thornton. He's a guy that I would love to get on my all my dynasty teams. I don't think he'll cost a lot. I think you could probably snag him for you know a mid to late third round rookie pick. And I've been on record in offensive only drafts. To me, there's a huge cliff after pick 28. To me, there's 28 or 29 rookies, depending on if you count Hendon Hooker or not, depending on your settings. But after that, it falls off. So to me, middle of third round, I would gladly trade my third round rookie pick that I might invest on Michael Wilson or Chase Brown or Eric Gray, you know, or Luke Schoonmaker. I would, I, I would, I, de- I would without a doubt trade that pick for Tyquan Thornton, who was a second round pick last year. And wide open depth chart there in New England in terms of pass catchers. He could definitely develop there this year. So I, I, he'd be a guy that I'd be screaming to buy. Uh, then I have the, the, the Michael Wilson, Charlie Jones, Tyler Scott trio from this year. Obviously, Michael Wilson, late third round pick. Charlie Jones and Tyler Scott are more for the future. Does Tyler Boyd leave Cincinnati? Does Darnell Mooney? I think that's what their upside rests in there, 28 and 29. And then I round out with Khalil Shakir, who's in Buffalo. We'll see if he gets an opportunity to integrate himself to be their slot wide receiver and their third option there. Uh, I think it's going to be more Dalton Kincaid after Stefan Diggs and Gabriel Davis. So I I don't think there's going to be a lot of fantasy viability for Khalil Shakir. We'll see about Kyle Phillips. He looked good last year before an injury. Uh, Can he develop into a a prolific slot wide receiver for Tennessee? You know, I don't think the talent is what I I think of Wondell Robinson, but if Kyle Phillips was to become fancy viable, it would be in the same way I think Wondell would be. Heavy volume, you know, 80, 90, 95 catches in the slot would be how he gets there. I'm not sure in Tennessee and that offense will throw enough for him to ever be that type of guy. And then I rounded out with some guys who underperformed last year. Uh, Jalen Tolbert at 32, David Bell at 33, and then some day three guys from this year. Uh, Puka Nakua at 34, Keishon Booty at 35, Trey Tucker at 36, A.T. Perry at 37. And then I wanted to get him on the list just to talk about him because there's been a little bit of buzz in camp. At 38, Justin Ross was under drafted free agent last year for the Chiefs. Wanted to at least mention him because he was a guy that in college I was really intrigued with. Uh, I was excited when he signed with the Chiefs as an undrafted free agent. We'll see uh, if he can work his way back there. So I wanted to kind of sneak him on there. If we round out tonight with the tight ends, Top three, top four all this year, right? Dalton Kincaid at number one. Sam Laporte at number two. Michael Mayer, Luke, Luke Musgrave at number four. All of those guys, I've been on record as saying all of those guys clearly over last year's top guys. At number five, I have Greg Dulcich. Number six, Trey McBride. Number seven, Chico Conquo. So after the top four guys are made up of 2023 rookies, I do have Dulcich, McBride, and Oconquo. Honestly, I think you can rank Dulcich McBride and Oconquo in any order you want. Uh, we'll see how that plays it out. But for me, all of those guys would be after, you know, easily after Kincaid, Laporta, Mayer. And I'm a big Musgrave fan. So I would much prefer Luke Musgrave over Dulcich, McBride, or Oconquo. Uh, Luke Shoemaker is number eight. Uh, I just think he's going to get every opportunity to be the next Dalton Schultz there. Isaiah Likely, while I love the talent, obviously playing behind Mark Andrews, upgraded wide receiver corps, but I'll just bet on the talent there. He's at number nine. Same thing with number 10, Darnell Washington, right? Fell a little bit due to injury, playing behind Pat Fryermuth, but I love the player. He's at number 10. Tucker Craft, obviously the second tight end Green Bay drafted, but it was only one round later. He's at number 11. 
Brendan Strange, 12, and then rounded out with a couple guys from last year. 13 is Kate Odden, who's going to get an opportunity to start in Tampa Bay. 14 is Jelani Woods. We'll see if he gets an opportunity to start for the Colts. Daniel Bellinger uh, obviously lost his starting job to Darren Waller, but I, I do think, you know, he's going to be, pl- he's going to still play a lot. I still think he's going to be a path for fantasy viability. Jake Ferguson, just in case Luke Shoemaker doesn't take the job right out of the gate. Jake Ferguson could be a guy that has some sneaky value. And then to round out the top 20, then some Dave Free guys from this past class. Uh, well, Cameron Latou snuck in late round three, but then Will Mallory, 18, Josh Wiley, 19, and Elijah Higgins, the wide receiver convert at number 20. So there it is, guys. My blended 2022 versus 2023 Dynasty Rookie Rankings. I do think it's a fun exercise because I think if you still have drafts left or you're just still looking to make some trades and maybe you drafted some of these rookies, I do think it is interesting to kind of balance them and judge them versus last year's rookie class. Because there's guys like Wondell Robinson or Sky Moore that people might be disappointed in. You know, that maybe you get to that, you know, like I said, the cliff has fallen off. It's pick 31. You're in the third round. That still has some cachet as a third round pick. But if somebody wants to take Zach Evans or Dwayne McBride or Chase Brown, you know, or Kayshawn Booty ridiculously or somebody like that, if somebody wants to take those guys or Michael Wilson or Charlie Jones or Tyler Scott over Wondell Robinson, over Sky Moore, make that trade. If somebody wants you know, Quinton Johnston over Christian Watson or George Pickens. I make that trade. Uh, so that's how I kind of use this. I, I think it's an interesting scenario. Like same thing even with the tight ends, right? Like, you know, maybe you're somewhere where, you know, you want a tight end and the top four are off the board, but maybe you can give a pick, you know, and, and go get Chigo Conquell or Trey McBride or Greg Dulcich from last year before you have to start going to the next wave of this class of the Luke Shoemakers, the Tucker Crafts, Darnell Washingtons. See if you can get the guys from last year who underperformed. So I think there's a lot of ways you can mix and match this. So I kind of do like evaluating the, the most recent two rookie classes just to kind of, for a dynasty perspective i i think it's interesting uh i do hope to do a show soon where i kind of talk through my overall positional dynasty rankings and the same thing i'll really emphasize where these rookies sit in my big picture rankings who's around them my thought process of how i did these rankings so i will do some podcasts maybe talking about my dynasty overall positional rankings as well to kind of talk about how some of these guys fit in So there it is, guys. Again, if you're enjoying this content, if you want to see these rankings in real time when I make updates to them, you need the premium notebooks. The best way to get to the website is ssfootball.com. Check out the premium content tab, and for $9.99, you get access to all of our 2023 premium notebooks. The new ones will not launch until about Labor Day weekend. The rankings notebook has all our different rankings. It has our Dynasty Rookie rankings. It has our Dynasty Rookie tiers. It has our Dynasty Rookie IDP rankings. It now has our blended 2022 versus 2023 Dynasty Rookie Rankings. It has my positional overall Dynasty Rankings. I am am within 24 to 48 hours. I should have Debbie Rankings fully updated and back in the Rankings Notebook as well. And then you get the Scouting Notebook, which has 100 detailed player profiles on 2023 rookies. And then the Draft Projections Notebook. While the draft is come and gone, trying to project how the draft would go, it does have almost 400 players in there, a snapshot of who the player is, how he wins, developmental or, or areas or concern, uh, their, their measurements and all that stuff. So it's also a great resource to get a snapshot of 
of who all these players are, guys who are UDFAs, seventh-round guys, sixth-round guys, a quick snapshot of who they are and how they might be used at the next level. You get it all for $9.99. Best way to support the show and help us to continue to do what we do here. So, on behalf of our sound tech engineer, David Nakano, and myself, thank you for joining us, and we look forward next time taking you from Saturday to Sunday.